Yeah, it's the kid that did. Big Valero, I just jumped out the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Yeah. Ben play got this fuck shit. Dope boy with the bass Bought my son some Prada shoes. Yeah. Hard head, don't keep the lace tight. All right, so we got my guy, Eddie Valero, jumping off the porch with us today. Welcome, bro. What's up with it? Man, I'm feeling good. How about yourself today, man? Feeling good, feeling good. Yeah, man. Nah, your shit been going up, man. So it's an honor to have you here on these steps today, too, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So first off, what we working on here in Atlanta, man? What brought you to the city? I get up with y'all, man. I've been okay. meaning to get here for a minute. Yeah. I made my way down here. Okay. Yeah. Atlanta been showing you a lot of love here lately? Yeah, Atlanta one, Atlanta one on one. Yeah. How do you like the vibes here and how does it compare to back at home in Memphis then? I've been fucking off in Atlanta. Like, for a second. Like, probably almost 10 years plus. Okay. I'll be back and forth. Yeah. Like, like my second home, really. There you go, man. Oh, that's love right there, bro. Yeah. So, for the folks who don't know, you're from Orange Mound, right? Yeah, <laughs> born and raised. Okay, so for people that don't know anything about Orange, man, like how would you describe the culture, the way of life up there, man? It's like any other hood in America, rough, you know what I'm saying, hustling. Mm. Same old, same old, just in a different place. Might be a little bit harder mm. than the average, but same. Do you feel like Orange Mound is different than the rest of Memphis, or is it all pretty it's, much the same it's stuff? It's Orange Mound, Tennessee. Yeah. It ain't Memphis, Tennessee, it's Orange Mound, Tennessee. <laughs> Bad shit. So what's the difference between Orange Man and Memphis there? We just a, a big neighborhood. We like the second biggest neighborhood in the world beside Harlem. Black neighborhood beside Harlem. So huh. you can be in Orange Man for a long time. It's this side and this side. You know hmm. what I'm saying? So park a long ass street. Okay. Do you go back and visit now? Yeah, I just left the hood yesterday. Oh, for real? Yeah. So how does it look today compared to when you was coming up? Ain't different though. Hmm. It's, ain't gonna last more bad than now. To be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, Memphis more bad than it probably it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel is like contributing to the violence going up there? Man. Just the guns. The guns different. When we back in the day, we used to fight each other. Mm -hmm. These young niggas got some shit, goddammit. Tie your ass up now, they. Yeah, it's like no one wants to fight anymore, man. It's like people scared of an ass whoop and they'd rather just grab a stick and just shoot it out. Back in the G, we used to have 38s and shit. There wasn't no goddamn automatic guns like that. Yeah. So that's, got some shit, goddamn it. Gonna change the game. Yeah. It's still the same, though. Still the same. Okay. So what would you say were like some of the keys for you to be successful and to be able to make it out of Orange Mound then? I just kept going. Even when they went fucking with me, I just kept on just doing what I was doing. I ain't never stopped doing what I was doing. Job just catching on. The world just catching on, but I just, the last two years I linked up with Coop and we just, I got consistent. Yeah. And me say that, like the last two years I've been consistent, but I just, I ain't never stopped. From when I had 100,000 views to when I had 100 views, it's just, fuck the views, keep on pushing. Hmm. That's what I mean now. Nah, that's true, man, because you, you should be going crazy this past year too, for uh, real, man. So well, before we get into the music, like what was you into as a kid? Like what were you doing, uh, you know, growing up in Orange Man? Were you into sports? Yeah, were we you... used to play football, basketball. You know, the normal hood shit, curry ball, just whatever to, you know, the normal upbringing. Yeah. Used to play a lot of football though, and, and a lot of basketball. Okay. Did you ever play in school or? Nah, they used to try to get me playing school. By the time they, they tried to get me to play, I was already off the porch. 
Like I was already gone at it type shit. Like they was coming to me, I was in like ninth grade, 10th grade. Hmm. I was leaving school, going straight to the projects type shit, like straight to the spot. So it was already yeah. too late. I wish I would've went back, I would've went and For played, real? yeah, Apple Code. Hmm. What position were you playing? Middle linebacker. I can see you hitting some folks. Yeah. So when would you say you did jump off the porch then? How old were you? When, like, I, I'm the youngest of three boys. Okay. So my big brother got damn six years older than me, so we was already running with him. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it was young age, real young age. Yeah. You got to move fast in Memphis. It ain't just like, you know, I said by the time, like, I was already running with them doing shit when I was goddamn eight, nine, but when I officially just like dropped my nuts, I was probably like seventh grade. Hmm. When it was just like, my mind made up what I'm gonna do. By the time I was in seventh grade, I already knew what I was gonna be. Yeah. Now, were your brothers trying to discourage you from the street life or? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's any big role model, you know what I'm saying? If your role model telling you to do, do what they doing, there ain't no real role model. Yeah. And it's like once you get to the certain age and a person see you like you're going to do it anyway, that's when they guide you through the shit. But from anything above, they supposed to not try like all my little niggas might be trying like, nah, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. But if they mindset on it, it's like, all right, you're going to do it. We're going to be the best at it. Yeah, just kind of trying to learn from, the, from their experience then, like what yeah. not to go wrong then, man. Yeah. So what about college? Did you go to college after school or? Nah, I won't go to college now, though. Right now? Yeah, I just Come on, it's be, never too late, man. Just be fresh as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, just be fresh as hell. I want to uh, do literature, though. Hmm. Like, I like to write and shit all the time, so. English has always been one of my little, my little strong points in life, so yeah. that'll be cool. It's just I got to have some little flex, but I don't want to go every day. <laughs> I, once a week, twice a week. <laughs> I ain't trying to go Monday through Friday. Like nah, I take you like one class a week, you know? Yeah. It might take you f- 10 years to graduate or yeah, some yeah, shit. Yeah, but. yeah, I ain't trying to just go like every day just. Nah, you get burnt out on this shit. What college would you want to go to? Have you thought about it? I have to be like TSU or some shit. Okay. Like, like a turned up ad college. Like something that's already going. Like, well, I ain't trying to go no motherfucking battle rock. <laughs> uh, what's the other night? What's the other joint night? Uh, uh, I can't think of the other Remington and shit like that. Nah, I ain't trying to go to <laughs> no local shit. I'm trying to go to like a real college. Yeah. That's never too late, man. Nah, it ain't. Yeah. I ain't gonna go though. I ain't got time to go. Hmm. I'll figure it out one day. Yeah. So, what would you say were like some of the biggest trials and tribulations you went through in your life, you know, for you to be able to? Make it to sit on the porch with us today, man. Losing my mom. Hmm. That's probably like the biggest thing that ever happened to me. As far as that I felt like, damn, I was at one point where I was like, where we go from here? And all the other shit just be small shit, like we get back off that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you lose somebody like that, it just be like, it's somebody you've been knowing all your life. You see what I'm saying? Like, gonna love you no matter what. And it's just like, I only got like probably like three, four people in my life that gonna love me no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she was the head of so that was the hardest one right there though. How old were you when she passed away? 25. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. She put that in your music? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. 
Was she really, really supportive of you chasing after music too? Or? Yeah, she she the one bought my first microphone. For real. First drum set, first computer, all type of shit. Uh, just was just trying shit, just coming up. Yeah. And you got to start making music with one of your brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So was he rapping for a long time before you jumped into it, or how that whole work out? Yeah, I mean, I, he he still be rapping this shit, but he really don't be rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like he always just was one of them niggas in school and shit. It was my brother. This my this like my brother. This my older brother, right hand man. And he used to be freestyling and shit. And one day I just started goddamn it doing it. But I always used to walk around with CD players and shit, headphones, and used to be the nigga we couldn't afford batteries. I was putting them bitches in the freezer. <laughs> Trying to bring them bring back. back. Yeah, bring Don't them bounce back, man. Now you know if a nigga didn't struggle, boy, you had to put them batteries in the freezer. <laughs> now, nah, my mama used to make me do that shit too, man. Yeah. Like, man we ain't got no battery money. <laughs> batteries high to this day. Yeah, nah, for real. So when did you record your first song? How old were you? Twelve. Twelve? I was Jesus beat. I can't even think of the fucking name of the Jesus song. Hmm. It was a Jesus beat, though. If I was 12, when I, yeah, that was my first time. I used to freestyle this shit. Yeah. You know, just like in the living room. We just, I, one day we were just at the spot and I was just sitting on the bunk bed. And shit, my brother was in another room. I was in there with his girlfriend, kids type shit. They were about the same age I was. I was a little bit older than them, but I just writing, goddammit. And I went to the studio, I had, I had goddammit. I had like 15 hours, I think he gave me the other 15, or my mama gave me the other 15, it was 30 hours. <laughs> I got them and went up there. It motherfucker, was, it was hot as hell that day. I went up there, I did two songs. Huh. Me, uh, me and my brother, me and Wap did, did two songs. Did you know right then and there this is what you wanted to do, or when? at what point in your life did you realize, all right, music is what I need to be doing? I knew the end and there. Yeah. Like, even then, it was just like, we could, I, I just felt like, man, we could do this shit. Then it's just like, every time I just get confirmation to this day, it's like something just come along, like, all right, bam, keep going, Ooh, you got it, you got it, you know what I'm saying? So it's in that moment. And I just rap in high school, put little mixtapes together, but I wasn't taking it serious. Got older, taking it, I was just like, when you get money, sometimes that shit will distract you from doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So you gotta grow up and realize like how to, channel in on one thing regardless of whatever whatever else going on. So once I figured it out and I linked with Coop, it just just been taking off his in. Yeah. How did that connection with you and DJ Coop happen? Did he reach out to you? Did you reach out to him or y'all just crossed paths one day or I had Coop was on some old shit at first. I had called him one time. This is when my mom was in uh Nashville at the Vanderbilt Hospital. But I wasn't ready then either though. Hmm. So I just had called him. Like all the folks around Coop, like we from the same neighborhood in Memphis. So they was like, man, I'm gonna put you in the car with Coop. I'm put you in the car with DJ Coop. So like I knew it now. I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. And I'm the type of nigga, man, fuck about no Coop. So you know what I'm saying? That was type of shit. Like, man, I'm gonna get with him, I'll get with him. So I hit him. And he was like, yeah, woo, woo, woo. We ain't talked to him about it. It was like, shit, three years after. After oh, I hit him that time. And I just felt like I was already buzzing but I had took it as far as I could take it myself. Mm-hmm. Like I needed somebody like to go in them rooms and had a conversation with somebody like, no somebody who connected. And shit, I just called bro. And we, shit, we pulled up. I pulled an ass, and we got a run of me and my brother. 
And we were sitting there chopping it, we playing songs. And I played 30,000 here, the maddest fuck. And shit, I, but soon I pulled out, goddamn, my boy posting this shit. Hmm. Going crazy on the other with this shit. So it was just like, damn, that nigga pushing this shit harder than I'm pushing it. Yeah. So we fuck with it, and shit. Me and bro been locked in, goddamn, that's my nigga. We talk every day. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you even said, like, you felt like you going as far as you can by yourself, man. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of artists don't realize that. They think they could just keep pushing, keep pushing, but sometimes it takes someone like, you know, to have someone like Coop to have, be on your team like that to mm. kind of get you to that next level too, bro. It always be like that. Cause it, like, especially when like, let me say it again, like when you got money, you can just be, some people just like a nigga that rap with money. That ain't enough. You just a rich ass nigga that ain't got no connection, no, you know what I'm saying? Like you really got to go in the motherfucking room and mingle with folks. You got to know this person, you gotta talk to this person. It is more than just, wow, this shit bumping. That's how I feel, like, man, this shit bumping no matter what I'm doing until bread like, show me like, nah, you gotta do it like that, you gotta do it like that. Mm -hmm. And you squeak, like, I ain't never had no rollout for nothing I was doing until I got over bro. You was just dropping shit, huh? Yeah, I was just dropping shit, yeah. just going crazy. I had the buzz, you know what I'm saying? We had the flicks, but it was just in the city. So I was like, damn, this shit stuck. Mm -hmm. We gotta get this shit outside the city. And then one bro came along. You I already remember? had the car, goddamn it. He just jumped in and drove that motherfucker. Yeah. Do you remember what one of the first songs, first videos that really took off for you? That kind of gave you the buzz in the city? The first, uh, Big, this is junk called uh, Big Stepper. Okay. Big Stepper. That was my first, that was my first hundred thousand with Big Stepper. And like it was after that, it was easy to hit a hundred K. Yeah, it's like that first one's always the hardest one yeah, to get. Yeah, it was easy. But once you get there, it's like, all right, you got the listeners now. But the song that did it just now, it just made the whole world like Lero Band play. That shit's yeah. so hard. Like, give, and I wrote Lero Band play probably like 30 minutes. I did this shit quick as hell. Uh -huh. give, and give the guy. Shit, I'm the one. Shit, but you got 200 P's all by myself. 200 P's is hard too. Yeah, all this shit kitchen trash. Yeah. How'd you link in with uh, Bandplay? Through Dolph. Like, I, before Dolph died, I was already fucking with him. Type shit, you know what I'm saying? He used to give me a little advice and shit. Mm -hmm. Back when I had 10,000 followers, bro, reaching out to me, like, do this, like, I'm flying out here and fucking with him. And every time I fly with him, like, me and Bandplay just always just, I don't know, I guess because he from Tennessee, shit, I don't know. Well, we all from Memphis and he from right there. But it was me and him just logging in. Damn it, shit! And he had uh, gave me the Grand Reaper beat, so we was already had songs. A song, I did the song off the beat. Hmm. And shit, I just I always be on his ass, like, bro, I need some beats. Well, yeah, like I'm, a, I'm type, I'm that type, like I'm gonna hit your ass up. Fuck, what you got going? Put yeah. me something together, bro. Put me something together. And shit, like, man, bro, make some good ass music. Nah, it's undeniable at this point, man. Yeah. You guys talk about doing like a, a project together, then, or? Nah, not shit. Bro be so busy. He be busy, so he really just be fucking with a nigga out of strength type shit. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, that's why, it's another reason I fuck with him. Like, even before, like, now I'm buzzed up to where it matter. But before it even matter, bro was already like, bro, I fuck with you, bro. Here, here. You know what I'm saying? It take a real nigga to do that anyway. Like, but I, I got plenty of producers, Sheffrey. Yeah. Yeah, me and Sheffrey and them be locking in. Me, him, and DT be locking in. Jew up. Uh, 
Shit, Chano. Chano, Chano one, one you from Nashville. Okay. Shit, what else I be using? AC. Trash bag, man, trash bag got some crazy. This is the uh, Give the Guy beat. Mm -hmm. Man, him got some crazy shit. This fit to come out in September. Yeah, so it's like I be having Pacific people I work with, but I don't give a fuck who it is, really. As <laughs> long as they got that heat, right? Yeah, this shit buying and this shit buying. You had two followers. <laughs> you you seeing what, what I need to hear. Yeah, it's all about the music at the end. It was somebody sent me some shit from Russia. The other day. Hey, them overseas producers got some yeah, shit. Yeah, got, got some heat. I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> you got it, you got it. Yeah. And uh, ZQ. It's another, it's, it's one of my go-to guys right there. Okay, yeah. So how'd you initially uh, link with Dolph then? He, he's who like right by my shit. Okay. So it's like, I already went to school with, with certain people, you know what I'm saying? Or was I already mingling with certain people that he was mingling with type shit. Like he little man, I'm, I'm my niggas type shit. Mm. So like, really this shit was through like, Mutual people, you know what I'm saying? Like, woo, woo, woo a hood nigga, pay right woo. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the hood, bro, just pull up, mm. hop out shit. It might just be a random day. You pull up, hop out, he just standing on the block with us. He like, bro, I put bro on your shit, type shit. And bro reached out to me. Uh -huh. But like, I already had like mutual people with Glock. Like, just always being around and had songs with Moochie. Yeah. Jay Fields and them and shit. So how does the song Fuck the Cops uh, come about? Did y'all get in the studio together? Was that something you sent over to him or? Nah, he gave me that song. Oh, he gave you that one? He just called me like, bro, I got a song for you, bro. You can have that, do whatever you want to do with it. This simple. I threw a verse on that whole something out back. It was this simple. It wasn't no like, just no, it wasn't nothing just spectacular. It just was like, and he used to call niggas so fucking early. Like, bro, was one of them niggas call you at nine type shit. <laughs> like, eight. He just had left from where he was at two. Hmm. He back up at eight. So it's like, he just gave him the joint. Yeah, long lived off, man. His birthday yep. was yesterday, too, man. Yep. Um, I saw you mentioned, I think it was on IG, you said you turned down six deals already. Might even be more at this point, man. So, do you just not want a deal? Or if you do want a deal, what are you looking for? Because... You're already doing the numbers, so I know they're reaching out to you, man. Yeah, it's got to make sense. Like, I want some shit where I'm securing my future, too. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, I got a son that's 12. Shit, pretty soon, goddammit. They'll have kids. I got nieces, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't going to just get in no situation where, like, I ain't, like, Coop don't eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, my brother don't eat. Like, well, we just doing the same shit we was already doing yesterday. Like, nah, it don't make sense. So it ain't even about... Like, it's about the bread, but it's like, it's more about ownership. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They might throw a crazy deal, like, where you blase, blase, 15, 20 years, lifetime. You just smile shit and deal points. They'd be like, nah. I got a lawyer charge me 5,000 to read every fucking contract. Yeah. So he gonna go through every smile point, and then, like, you might send it back, and they don't agree to what you want. So I just been rocking out, building my own buzz type shit. Uh, it's just definitely working out for you, and it you know kind of gives you that that freedom too. To and you can record a song tomorrow and drop it to you know drop it the next day. I only record like that though. I promise I don't. I just I was in the studio the other day. Shit come out. Hmm. I got down, get up and roll, come back, and 
this snippet I put on IG yesterday, the trailer. I might record, goddamn it, once a week, twice a week. I don't like to burn myself out. Hmm. Are you still writing all your raps, or do you punch in too? Right. Hmm. Right every time. That's rare these days. Punching in, you gonna waste more time hmm. than what you would when you writing it. I done seen a nigga take three hours for one song punching in. But yeah, I done seen some nigga do it in 30 minutes too, though, so it all depends on who it is. Yeah. So what inspires you to write? Just whatever I'm going through in life. Yeah. Like if I'm just moves or if I just did some shit, try to get in there and put this shit together. I might be watching TV. <laughs> Use a movie reference, it just depends. Just how I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, so you worked with Starlito on your latest project, man. Yeah, yeah, I fuck with Lito. Yeah. I, I, I actually linked up with Lito through a uh, shift. Okay. Yeah. I had did the jungle done trip type shit and I was in it really in the junk getting a um little show. I was getting a show mix made for my uh jump drive. Hmm. My DJ had to go do some more shit, so I just had a show in in the city. And I was getting a show mix made and Lido, I went to the store nigga though and walked back in, Lido was sitting in that motherfucker. Hmm. And we just were chopping it up and we just trying numbers and shit. They had a show like two weeks later. And he went to the show and shit, I was in the studio. He pulled straight up, we knocked down two of them just. That shit. Yeah, that shit with Lito and the shit with Trip was hard too. He put you on his album. Yeah. Yeah, I fuck with Trip too. Yeah, that Trip work. Trip be going crazy. That working title. Would the both of y'all record that together? Nah, he did his verse first. I had, was in Nashville. I was in Nashville. I wasn't even gonna record it so fast because he went so goddamn hard on it. I tell him, I'm like, I don't take my time, but I end up writing that motherfucking like 30 or 40 minutes hmm. and going straight to the studio recording that motherfucking scene in the back. How many bars did you, was your verse? I don't know. This shit was long. Because he went long. Yeah, <laughs> it was like there's no hook I don't, on that I shit. don't even do long songs. <laughs> and he went long, I just felt like shit, I had to goddamn it get into a second gear. I'm just ain't like, them ain't no random motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Like Trip and Lido, you just like, hell nah, you can't get, get on no song with them and be like, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, L, nah. They gonna wash it if they you gonna, come with yeah, that. Yeah, nigga, I'm like, damn, ah, ah. So I knew, like, to be, but I'm a barbarian, though. So it's like, I don't be playing on losing no features. My mindset is to go in there, I'm, I'm gonna get at this nigga ass. I fuck with you. We might be goddamn it close as hell, but when this, when this shit come on, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. coming. Hmm. I'm gonna make sure I'm heard on the jump. How would you describe your growth as an artist, you know, from when you first started rapping up until today? <laughs> I would listen to something, oh shit, that shit was trash here to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta start somewhere though, right? Yeah, but now nah, music changed though. Hmm, that's music, true. Music yeah. done changed over the course of time. Music ain't the goddamn. Music then grew versus back then. And it then it sped up a little bit. Back then, music was slower. Yeah. The style was slower. So now it's more 160, 155 BPMs. Back then, it's probably 125, 120. So it's like, it's a different style, but I just had to find myself. And once I found my flow, yeah. When would you say you found your flow? Probably to be realistic. When I found, just really found, just, I wanna say, um, underrated, overpaid. I feel like that tape was just like, 
boom. And then I really, until they feel me one, I unlocked another flow. I been had found my flow. I been found, but I unlocked another flow when I did Rich and Cocky, which is, it was the calm shit. That's how you got the Lero band play, the gift okay. the guy. Before then, it was all aggressive music. Then it's just like, I just went there, I had a beat, it's just like, man, it's some calm shit. And just, all right, we got three different styles type shit. So I just take it like that. Nah, for real, man. So 200 P's. Talk about this song, the creative process that went into that one. Band play had sent me to beat. I had one to Shiffer joint and shit. I just, my son don't never keep his shoes tied. So there wasn't like, I had just was fussing at him before I dropped him out earlier. Like, bro, you don't, he can have on a pair of Gucci, a pair of Prada, like shoes untied. So I was just like, bro, tie your motherfucking shoes up. So that's how that line came about. And it just was like, once this shit flowing, it's flowing. Yeah. Did you know it was going to take off like it did or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. Like, like I know, I got a hit now that I know it's going to take off. Like I pretty much done figured out my fan base and what they want to hear from me. Hmm. Like I know what's going to go. It might be a couple of them take me by surprise type shit, but I know like, we know what's supposed to, what's gonna snap on type shit. Yeah. How much thought do you put into, uh, you know, choosing a record that you want to put out or shoot a video to? Right, me and my big brother choosing the records. So it's like, we put real thought into this shit. Hmm. Ain't just like, I don't know, man, all right, whatever I drop here now, we might be working, we been working on the tape Shit, we really pushed the day back. So we've been working this out. We, I'm really like strategic with everything hmm. and paying attention to everything that's going on. So this shit a lot of thought. Yeah. In the video, I just try to like shoot all this shit if I can. <laughs> nah, for real. This, this, people want to see this yeah, shit. Yeah, this is my goal. I just feel like when you put the video on this shit, it might make the song go 10 times farther. So I just try to shoot all this shit if I can. Nah, that's true, man. So are we gonna retire the uh, Until They Feel Me series or should we expect a part four? Yeah, we got a part four. Okay. So they ain't, they ain't felt you yet, huh? Yeah, they feeling me and they ain't feeling me enough. All right, <laughs> it's gonna be a, but Until They Feel Me four will be the last one, but I got a junk call uh, Just For You two coming out. Hmm. So it'll be Until They Feel Me four. And I'll be Just For You two Until They Feel Me four, and then it'll be Just For Y'all that I end in this series. Okay. So I had been working. So, but like, till they feel me full, I'm already working on it. Okay. I'm through with the other one though. So I'm already on. What do you think that one gonna drop then? Which one, the other one? September. Okay. Realistic. I ain't for the first week in September. Okay. Probably right after this interview drop type shit. Plan to put any features on there? Are you going solo or? Nah, I'm solo this one. Okay. I guess until they feel me for gonna have features. Hmm. I got some crazy ass features for until they feel me for. Hmm. But I'm so long this jump. Yeah. So you mentioned being a father, man. Talk about fatherhood and you know what you've learned from life, you know, by being a father. I learned everything. That what made me grow up. I was a goddamn seventeen year old dad. Hmm. So I was still a kid. I was fit to graduate. And shit, one thing about it, when you feeding another mouth, you gotta step your motherfucking game up anyway. So it just turned me to a boss, he turned me all the way up. 
So every day I just thank God that I'm able to goddamn be a part of his life. Cause my dad left me when I was a kid, been in jail since I was eight. So me being in his life 12 years, I'm not ready to beat the odds, you know what I'm saying? Like beat the curse. So yeah. like we change generations. Nah, salute to you for that, man. Yeah. yeah. So what's some advice you would share to the youth coming up right now? Get some money. Fuck the dumb shit. Get, get some paper. They, everything they see, this shit real. Like, niggas getting killed. Don't go back to their family, this shit real. Niggas going to jail, getting 100 years, 200 years, this shit real. And niggas you running with ain't real. These niggas will goddamn put you on a chopping block to save they self. Not real yeah. shit right there. Yeah. What do your fans mean to you? Fans mean everything. Mean everything to me. So I be trying out. I, I don't know. It ain't really hit me yet though. Hmm. Like I'm. I know I'm bigger than what I am, but to me, I'm just be trying to stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. But fans, everything to me though. Like if you bump me, support me. Goddamn, I love the shit at you. You know what I'm saying? Because it was one point in time when folks weren't bumping me, weren't supporting me for a long time. So, yeah. To get that recognition, it just speak for itself. I'm grateful to say. And I know your tour is wrapping up. So what, what's it been like? You know, hit these different cities, kind of meet these fans, then too. Been crazy. Been crazy. Been gotten down. A lot of road wine, a lot of flying, but some of some they like cool goddamn. One thing about bro, he gonna work. He gonna make sure I'm working, even when I don't wanna work. <laughs> so it's like that might be time. Hi everyone, Jazzy Bell here from Woman in Hip Hop Podcast. And if you're a fan of music, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Woman in Hip Hop Podcast, a show that focuses on the many talents and influences from women within the culture. And is brought to you exclusively by Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. I'm like, man, man. Cool, come on, bro, I drive. Come on, bro, I push you down there. You hop in with me type shit, so. It's just been a process, like. We putting up some more shit together. Gonna be bigger than the last shit. Just gotta get down, get the, get in the head of the battle. So well, that's true, right there, man. All right, you got a shout out you like to give before we wrap it up here? Uh, shout out to my whole team, GFM. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to God for making this shit possible. They got this funky shit, dope boy with their bases tied. Bought my son some Prada shoes, yeah. hard head don't keep the laces tied. Nah, because I 